Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the World Series of Politics podcast, where two heavy hitters in the political, legislative, and regulatory space take swings at the curveballs thrown at the gaming sector by legislators and regulators around the world for IGB. We've got Brendan Busman and Brent Iden stepping up to the plate to discuss the hot topics in this space from across the world. Let's play ball on another episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome to the inaugural B&B World Series of Politics. I'm Brendan Busman, uh, managing partner of B Global, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague in the industry, Brant Iden. Brant, how's it going today? Brendan, great to be with you. Brant Iden here, head of government affairs for Sport Radar, and it is always a pleasure to be on with you. We have had so much fun doing these radio interviews, now podcasts. I believe we did a TV series at ICE this year, and I'm just thrilled to be part of this. So thanks for having me. Well, and and not only that, I mean, obviously this is a partnership and we can't thank enough uh, our friends at IGB and, and them having the opportunity to do this to not only share with uh, the gaming industry um, what's going on in legislative and regulatory affairs around the world, uh, but the opportunity for, you know, um, some commentary as it relates to these issues and how it impacts the industry. Absolutely. it's It's been fantastic to be involved with IGB, and I think that this is going to be great. I mean, this is, as you mentioned, this is our inaugural episode. We plan on doing these biweekly if we can keep up with the schedule. I know that there's a lot going on in the, in the world of gaming politics because, Brendan, as I understand this, this is not only going to be U.S.-based. We're going to be talking about globally what's going on in the gaming world, right? Well, you know, as they always say, you know, uh, the world never sleeps, and that's very true with the gaming industry. Um, and there's a host of issues going around, whether it's, you know, stuff that we're seeing here in the United States, whether it's stuff uh, and how sports betting and iGaming and, and brick and mortar facilities may play out in Brazil. Um, you've got everything that's happening in the UK and throughout Europe, um, as well as the host issues in Asia. And, you know, all of that has some sort of political and regulatory oversight into that, um, which are all things we're going to talk about here in, the, in this forum and over a series of, of doing these podcasts over every couple of weeks. Oh, man. Well, you see, for a, for a political geek like myself, this is where it's really exciting then because, you know, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I used to serve in the legislature up in Michigan, Brandon. And so, you know, I've been a political geek for, for a long time. So getting into the weeds on these issues, regulatory issues, obviously, are right in my wheelhouse, I guess, my sweet spot, you know. So I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be fantastic. Well, unlike you, I'm not a recovering politician. <laughs> I am, though, that geek, though, that has done this for most of my life in various capacities. Thinking back to the first race I ran on my own, which was, I think I might have been a senior in high school, and I was running a city council race in my hometown. So I've always been on the opposite side. As I always say in politics, you have kings and kingmakers. You obviously wanted to be a king. I've just always wanted to be the king maker. <laughs> well, okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. I will say this, though. I got to correct you on this. I was never a politician, Brendan. I was a public servant through and through. Well, yes, and, and, and that is a very distinct difference because we know that there are those that are politicians, which we won't say anything about, and those that are servants to the public and really want to get into the meat and potatoes of these issues and understand the the differences and how to make good policies. We appreciate your tenure in, in, in Michigan as a public servant as opposed to a politician. 
<laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's been great to work with you over the years. You know, in fact, when I was uh, when I was serving up in Michigan, that is the first time you and I met, actually, as I was working on the gaming legislation. I will never forget the day that I got a call uh, into my office and uh, my my staff came up to me and said, hey, you got a few calls to return here. And I said, who's this Brendan Busman guy? And he said, well, he like, claims to be a gaming expert. And little did I know that you are, in fact, one of the foremost experts globally on gaming. So to be able to be on this podcast with you, my friend, is is an honor. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, and and to that extent, the feeling is very mutual. And I and I do remember that call. And I do remember that first conversation a number of years ago. And, you know, the attention, not only you as a public servant paid to the industry, but obviously in your, your subsequent role at Sport Radar have definitely made it easy to have not only, you know, some of the more difficult conversations the industry has to have on how these markets shape up and how they get regulated, but knowing that, you know, you've always been very true in finding the, the, the best way to get a path forward and make this a, you know, a meaningful opportunity for the industry to, to move forward in and hopefully have a strong, you know, base to operate from. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, as we, you know, as, as you and I engage across the U.S., and we'll talk about that first here on this inaugural episode, obviously, because we've got some very exciting news coming out of Massachusetts that I know we're going to focus on. But to your point, Brendan, that's absolutely correct. I mean, we have always said that the industry has to come together, work together on those pinnacles that make legislation successful to make this industry sustainable in the long run. I mean, our goal is not to have this industry around for five to 10 years. Our goal is to have this industry around long after you and I are no longer around. That is that has always been our goal. And so as whether we talk about the Michigan model as it integrates commercial and tribal casinos or, or whether you talk about just, a, you know, a, a robust commercial model like Ohio has, they're all very different. But now with 35, 36 jurisdictions, assuming that the governor signs a legislation next week in Massachusetts. I mean, we are in this phase of rapid expansion in, in sports betting and hopefully soon iGaming across this country and in what is, you know, very new to the U.S. compared to the rest of the world, which I know that we were going to get into on this show as well. But this is such a great time to be part of the industry and to be able to take that experience that I've had, not only serving in Michigan and working on that legislation, but now as I've worked across the country and all these other state capitals and seen good legislation. And trust me, we've seen some bad legislation out there as well. <laughs> I think we can take that now and, you know, sort of say, here's we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. And, and let's see how we can now bridge that, make this great and, and truly make this a successful, sustainable future for, for, you know, all the stakeholders and, and, and the people that participate, the consumers in this industry for a long time. No, and, and absolutely. And, and as I always continue to say, there's no industry out there that one is more adaptable and two, that has been more resilient over the years. And it just shows to the opportunity for longevity for this industry to go for a very, very long time as technology changes, as new markets open and opportunities arise to, you know, be an economic development engine and not just a taxpayer as some, some jurisdictions fail it to be able to move this forward. And that's through creation of jobs and the innovation of technology and all of that, you know, and I think that's a good lead into what happened earlier this week, and you mentioned it earlier, of, of hopefully the governor signs within the next week here. But Massachusetts, unbeknownst to, to a few of us, at about 5 a.m. passed sports betting on, on Monday morning. They certainly did. <laughs> Any initial thought off of that? 
Well, I, I will tell you, I was I was really surprised. I will. You heard it here first because you've heard it me say this before. I'll take my licks on this one. I did not think Massachusetts was going to get this over the finish line at about one o'clock in the morning. I guess Sunday night, Monday morning. I went to bed. I was having a number of conversations via text with uh, some folks that I had boots on the ground in the state. They said, I don't know. Conference committee still in. Don't know how this is going to look. About an hour later, quarter after two or so, I got a message and I, they said, hey, are you up? And I said, yeah, I am now. And they said, well, it looks like we've got a we've got a bill. We don't know what it looks like yet, but it looks like we've got something. So it truly did come together at the final, final, final hour, which isn't uncommon necessarily for gaming legislation. We've seen this play out sometimes poorly, sometimes well, but yep. it does come together at the end which is exactly what happened here. And, you know, I think here's what I will say about this, which is really important. I think that it's great to see this legislative victory this year because it's been such a slow year for sports betting, obviously with just Kansas and Maine, which, you know, we understand because it's an election year. Things are always a little bit slower on the policy front. That happens anytime there's a big election. And this was even bigger this year because we had redistricting, a lot of highly contentious races across the country. So it wasn't surprising to me to see that we had less legislative activity. I it, so, so to get Massachusetts over the finish line has been positive. And I think that that's been good for the industry as a whole. Now, I will say a little disappointing from the standpoint of Massachusetts from the onset was saying, look, we want to be a leader in this. We want to be a thought leader. We want to have model legislation. That's why it's taken them three and a half years to get to the point of where we are today. And again, making the assumption that the governor signs the bill next week and likely by the time this podcast plays out, we'll have signed the legislation. But but to that end, a little disappointing because you know, if you're going to really put model legislation together, you would think they would have done things with a little bit more thought process than a fairly high tax rate. Although at 20%, it is the average across the country. I still think it's too high. The prohibition somewhat on collegiate betting, a little disappointing there. So, you know, uh, like I say, we're going to take the win. A win is absolutely a win. I think it's great for the industry. We're super excited about it. Certainly, you know, from a sport radar perspective and getting, you know, Massachusetts is huge. It's a huge sports state. The Commonwealth is is big on this. And so I think it's going to be very positive, but could the legislation been a little bit better? Yeah, there probably would have been some tweaks I would have made to it, but I'm not going to throw it out. We're going to roll with the punches. And I think it's, I think it's going to be great. Well, and, and if I could add anything to that, because obviously you and I were texting back and forth that night, I had boots on the ground too, that was looking at it. And it was that late hour of coming it together. But, you know, I, I always take a little bit different approach when it comes to it, because I used my old sports background when I was at Nebraska and worked for the football program there when it actually won as opposed to, you know, wh where it's at today. But necessarily a win isn't always a win in my book. Fair and, enough. You, know, Fair you, enough. Hit on tax, you hit on tax rate alone, you know, anything above 15% becomes difficult. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says off of that. It restricts innovation. It restricts, you know, long-term investment. And it's one of those that, that, you know, well, unfortunately, the average and obviously you have states like New York that help kick that up higher at their ridiculous 51 percent over everything. You've got to sit there and say, hey, as an industry, we need to educate better on why that works and and not necessarily always lead with a compromise that gets us stuck at a higher tax rate. You know, no, they, you're right. Have, and you and I, well, not to cut you off, you and I have had a lot of conversation about tax rates. And I think we do agree for sure that the tax rates we're seeing with an average across the country being 20% are a little bit higher. But in addition to that, 
Tell us a little bit more because I didn't get into it. Can you walk us through the bill just a little bit more? Provide the listeners a little bit more context as to what the bill looks like because I probably skipped over that. Well, you, you hit most of the main points. I, you know, the other thing I was just going to talk about just in general that I think are two areas that are that are of a little bit concern is, is the college sports provision, which, you know, as I said to somebody earlier this week, I said, so let me get this straight. I can't bet on Massachusetts teams unless they're in some sort of championship level. And then it's okay. So, hey, when Boston College makes it to, you know, the final four or they're in the they're in the one of the big bowl games or in the national championship, that's okay. We'll take it then. But otherwise, you know, don't worry about protecting athletes and that sort of stuff. You know, the greater thing I think that's out there that needs to be watched is is twofold. One, there's no promo deduction, which would be very interesting off of this market as it launches how that works. I think we've seen the effect of what no deduction and promo means, as we've seen in New York, which is obviously just, just down the road. But then, obviously, the commission, and I do want to highlight the commission here a little bit, you know, they have oversight over what happens on the advertising front. And obviously, that's a big topic within the industry right now. It's one that arguably still has to be vetted properly because this is, as we've talked about, an emerging market, and it's still much in its infancy. But, you know, if you restrict that and you restrict promo you know, deductions, it makes it rather difficult. Now, with that said, I will say this, and obviously the commission's had their first meeting. They've had three and a half years to sort of figure out how they're going to do this. And I think that nobody's been more prepared knowing, not knowing what's going to pass and obviously not knowing until or the wee hours of the morning what would pass to get something together in the next few days afterwards and have a commission being and say, hey, here's our path forward. We're going to be very diligent about it. it. Goes to the testament of the Massachusetts Gaming Commission and the staff there. So obviously they have a tough task ahead, and it's not an easy task, and they got to do it right. And I, you know, but they've definitely been preparing and looking at what scenarios may be out there and and gearing up for what not only their existing stakeholders in in the brick and mortar facilities have, not just with you know Win and MGM and and Penn Entertainment, but obviously the racetracks as well. So. You know, obviously, this is a yet to be determined. You know, we'll see when it launches. I see no reason why at some point you might see some wagers on the football season. It might be late fall, but obviously, Super Bowl obviously becomes that de facto where I think everybody'd like to be. So, well, absolutely. And in looking at our time, I think we have reached the end, which is amazing how quickly this thing goes. And I yeah. will tell you, this is just. This is just the, the the entrance episode. This is just the first one. So imagine how much fun we're going to have as, as we move forward with this thing. We've got a lot to talk about. Certainly many things happening across the U.S. and across the world as we talk about gaming. But we want to thank our listeners out there for joining us. We want to thank IGB. Brendan, it's great to be on. And this is the uh, B&B World Series of Politics. It's great to be on here and look forward to many future episodes as we go through. You know, it'll be a busy fall with California. We've got Brazil elections. We've got what's happened in the UK and how that may play out. So listen in, guys. There's lots ahead, and we look forward to uh, the interaction. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Iden. We'll be back on field very soon. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.